hello and welcome to another episode of the Focus Seacast. I'm your host, Corey, aka Focus, and today I'm talking with Todd Waldron of Beacon Falls Community Garden. In this episode, Todd and I are going to do a little intro to fall gardening, and we're going to cover some crops you can grow, when to plant them, and we're also going to go over a little bit of season extension. So without any further delay, let's get into the episode. So how's it going, Todd? Going good, Corey. Thank you for having me on. I yeah. really appreciate the invite. Yeah, you're welcome. So uh, this is the first time you've been on here, so you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got into gardening? Certainly. Uh, my name is Todd Waldron. I manage the community garden here in Beacon Falls, and uh, we're a very small community garden. We provide plots to town residents for free, and uh, we have one plot that's 100% dedicated to donation. We support local outreach efforts addressing food insecurity in our community, um, some homeless shelters and some soup kitchens in Waterbury as well. Uh, I first got into gardening in high school, which was a very long time ago, uh, around about 1984. And I've been doing it uh, mostly on, on and off over the last 38, 39 years. And uh, it's just something, it's more of a missed calling than a hobby, really. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, you have a nice looking garden too. For uh, so, wait, how how big are your plots there? Again, uh, we we have twenty one plots. They're ten by twenty, and some are double plots that are twenty by twenty. Uh, believe it or not, up until the last year, we've had trouble filling the garden. Um, when I first joined here four years ago, greater than fifty percent of the garden wasn't filled. But that started to change during the pandemic as people got more and more interested in trying to become self-sufficient. That's good. You're getting some use out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about fall gardening and some season extension stuff. So um, I thought we would give a quick overview of kind of what the season's looking like. So this is like the so today is January 19th. Uh, We're in Connecticut. And so we have about 60 to 70 decent growing days left and maybe about 80, 85, um, no frost days. So, um, it's still, it's going to be a good time to get your fall garden ready. And, um, so yeah, what, what kind of, how do you want to start? What do you want to start with? Let's see. I mean, this time of year, I'm already starting seeds for some lettuce and some summer squash and I've direct sown some beans in some places where I've harvested uh, my first run of beans. Because, uh, like you said, we've got another guaranteed good 60, 75 days. And uh, so there's plenty of time to squeeze in really a crop of summer squash or another crop of beans without uh, without having to worry about a frost. Yeah. So at least here, the way the season obviously is going is we're getting... Uh, shorter days overall as that time goes on and then the temperature right now is probably going to go up a little bit but then once we hit um usually like mid late september it starts to come down and then also we tend to get a little bit of rain too in the fall where it's gonna we're gonna go in kind of a to a dry period for august and then september usually starts raining again so that's all stuff to take into consideration when you're when you're planning your garden so yeah you could still get some quote-unquote summer crops in like like you were saying, like some summer squash, that's 60, you know, days max. There's a lot of varieties that are 45, 50. Um, my Dizzy squash is about 45, 50. Um, and then 
beans too, especially bush beans because they they're not you know they don't not put in as much energy into growing up. They're more kind of going out and then setting a lot of fruit. Um, so those are some fruiting crops that are definitely you know you still have time to sow, and then um, like you were talking about greens. Greens we and especially herbs too, like cilantro and dill, you can keep sowing mm-hmm. those every two weeks. And uh, especially now with lettuce, you're going to want to pick varieties that are going to do well with heat um, going into the, you know, the hottest part of the summer. But then as we're going into fall, um, especially for like September time, beginning of September is a good time to plant head lettuce. So you're looking at um, like more icebergs, butterheads, uh, that sort of thing. So, and then also too, going farther than that, you know, you can do a little bit more cold hardy um, greens like spinach, arugula, stuff like that, kale, baby kale, um, especially going into, um, you know, later September, October. And, you know, it might get a frost or two, but you'll still be able to harvest for a few weeks. So I don't know if you want to touch on that at all. I do. Um Spinach will certainly deal with a frost better than it's going to deal with high temperatures for germination. Um, it, like starting spinach in early September is just about useless because the temps are still, the soil temps are too high for those to want to germinate. So I'll, I'll do mine toward the end of September or October. I mean, a frost isn't off the table in September, but it's not likely. Um, after October 15th, really anything could happen. Um, but yeah, I'll generally start things like spinach, beets. I'll do another crop of radishes in late September because they'll grow a little less bitter in the cooler weather. Um, and then, of course, brassicas. Yeah. Well, before we get to the brassicas, I just thought, because what you said about germination uh, of spinach seed, lettuce is the same way, where if it gets over... Basically, if it's over 80 degrees, uh, lettuce seeds probably not going to germinate. So um, if you're going to start lettuce now, a good a good way to start it is either inside where, you know, you got some cool or if you have like, um, you know, a cooler basement or something like that. Once you see those seeds germinate and come up, move them directly outside. Yep. Um, so that's that's good to know. And especially do like uh, romaine types do do pretty good during the summer. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, with head lettuce, once you're getting down to September, you can start that seed if it's cool enough outdoors or, you know, indoors too, and move it outside. Um, yep. So yeah, brassicas, that's, that's one uh, that I think a lot of people have trouble with. Uh, and it really has to do with timing for, for a broccoli or a cauliflower. You really need to start them almost like, I would, I would say there's like kind of no. like, yeah, exactly. If you want to do succession planting, um, I would start some like the, the second to last week of July and the last week of July. And then you want those plants to get pretty, pretty good size, about six inches tall. And then you're planting them out and you're not really looking for um, a huge head. Um, like late, like super late in the season, which what's going to happen is that the, the growth on that plant is going to slow down because the days are getting shorter. The temperatures are getting uh, lower and you're going to kind of have this like head of broccoli cauliflower. That's just going to like take twice as long to mature than it normally would. Um, but because they're, you know, frost tolerant and they're tolerant of the colder temperatures, you know, you want to start them early that way when their growth slows down, they could still produce something. Mm-hmm. And 
in some cases you're going to get sweeter you're going to get sweeter broccoli and sweeter cabbage for the frosts and for it not having to sit through the hot temperatures. Yeah. So, so when you're doing like your fall garden, maybe you could just like walk us through kind of, kind of what you generally do for, for stuff that you grow and planting times. <clears throat> okay. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have any hard and fast rules, but right now at this time in the garden, I'm looking at my crops, like my potatoes and my onions that are all going to come out in one in one swoop and thinking about what's going to go in there right after them. So, you know, I, I'm looking at a big stretch of plot where I'm going to plant my lettuce and a couple rows of radishes, a couple rows of beets, maybe some spinach. And then after my onions come out, I'm going to throw in most likely some brassicas. But in between those two times, my soil is pretty worn out. So at the beginning of the season, I've loaded it up with a bunch of nice horse manure from a local farm, a bunch of other good stuff. At this time of year, I need to recharge the soil, but I don't necessarily have the time or resources to go load in a couple of truckloads of aged horse manure. So I'll use something like Espoma plant tone or garden tone, um, any kind of good organic fertilizer. Sometimes I'll mix in some Fox Farm just to give the soil a little bit of a recharge because I know it's been working hard all year. And, you know, now I'm going to ask it to produce a whole other crop for me. That's going to feed fairly heavily. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's about planning where my stuff's going to go, um, making the best use of the limited sunlight. So being mindful about where you plant your stuff, where the shadows fall, uh, because the, the drop off in photo period between, September and October. I mean, it really slows down. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then what I was just thinking of too, when you mentioned fertility is now's a good time to do cover crops. So like mm -hmm. you were saying with onions or garlic, or maybe you have like a, a first or second round of carrots or something, something big, especially a root crop that you're just going to pull mm -hmm. the whole thing out and you're going to disturb mm -hmm. the beds. Um, it's a good time, like if you want to let that area rest and, uh, you know, use it for next spring, um, now's a great time to cover crops. So that would be things like, um, it's maybe a little bit too early for winter peas, but definitely like daikon radish, uh, buckwheat, which mm -hmm. you can let come up and then chop down, uh, stuff, stuff like that's good to plant. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any rye grasses or anything like that. Cause they're just going to, by the time we get to fall, they're going to be like out of control. Yeah. But, I wait, uh. I'll do my winter rye in October or November. Like when I'm, when I'm totally done with the garden, the winter rye goes down. Yeah. But even like what I did with, with uh, my, so my, all my garlic came out. Um, I did a quick uh, wheel hoe through it. And then I'm putting on black uh, tarps, silage tarps, going to mm -hmm. make sure I kill all the weeds. And then probably in, you know, five to seven days, I'll take those off. And then this garden, I'm going to let go fallow. So until spring, mm -hmm. so I'm going to plant a bunch of daikon radish. And if I can get some manure before that, or even a little mm -hmm. bit after that, I'm going to do a good top dressing of that. So it's, that's also something if you, you know, maybe, maybe you're a little bit late with, uh, with getting something planned to do, you know, food crop, or, you know, you have a garden that you've been kind of, you know, growing a lot on for a few years and you want to give it to rest. Uh, now's a great time to do some cover cropping. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I try to make use of local farms. Um, they're happy to get rid of piles of aged manure to get them off their property to make room for more. 
And uh, I, I find the horse manure very effective in the ground. I think I'm going to have an excellent crop of potatoes and onions this year. Um, and your, your Stuttgarter onions are doing fantastic, by the way. Good. Making nice Good. bulbs. Yeah. I just need a little dry weather because, you know, I'd like them to dry up a little bit before I pull them. Yeah. It's, I've been having a hard time weeding at one of my gardens because it's been so wet. Um, so like hoeing, like, yeah, I'll hoe everything out and then it'll rain like a day later. And mm -hmm. a lot of the bigger, bigger weeds just kind of root back into the soil, which has been a little bit of a pain. But this next week looks looks dry, so we'll get good. a break hopefully. Yeah. Um, Stuttgarters are good competitors though um, against weeds for nutrients, yeah. so they they're growing well. They're strong. Yeah, I mean, I like the larger bulb onions personally, um, especially ones that have good storage. So. Yep. Yeah, those should those should work out well. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, so I thought we'd talk a little bit more about some other crops. Um, we mentioned kind of the the how brassicas and cauliflower worked uh lettuces um and some greens in general but we can also talk about uh other root crops such as carrots which mm -hmm. uh, also are are great for fall and those i would suggest sowing now up into probably like the first week of august is like the cutoff um carrots and mm -hmm. parsnips and the great thing about those is you can let that crop stay in the ground for a fairly long time um, mm -hmm. I, when I did market gardening, we would do like, I don't know, four to six to eight rows, 40 foot rows of carrots. And then once it hit, like we would probably do like one sowing every week for like two or three weeks. And then the later ones that came up, we would just leave those in the ground and mulch them with straw and then harvest mm -hmm. them like the first to the third week in November. <clears throat> um, so that's a crop that can, you can kind of like sow it and then, you know, you're going to be waiting a longer time for those roots to get big. Uh, but you could just keep them in the ground for like a really long time. Mm -hmm. And now you have, you know, carrots for Thanksgiving or parsnips for mm -hmm. Thanksgiving or whatever. I've so, accidentally overwintered parsnips before. Oh yeah. Parsnips um, will over overwinter. Yeah. Yeah. And the next season digging out for spring garden, we pulled, I don't even know, 30, 40 pounds of them off a very small, they grew huge and they were delicious yeah um when i i've done parsnips as a seed crop once which i will not do again for a few reasons but um <laughs> they, but they I, take forever to germinate yeah oh yeah yeah they can they they can take a while to germinate um and also parsnips are not very popular and the seed doesn't stay viable long so <laughs> but it it's something you could definitely uh, it's a it's a biennial um so it, it wants the flower the second year it needs a cold period the root in the ground to form form the flower stalk so you know it's a great crop like you were saying to sow now or even a little bit later i mean not too much later than first week of august or so and then you can even harvest like you were saying in the springtime as well um mm -hmm. you know right right when the ground thaws like in march here or or april if we get some snow and then you have a really early spring crop but there's also well i guess that leads me to um crops that you could plant in the fall mm -hmm. uh, so, unless there's something else you wanted to talk about as far nah, as no i was just starting to think about garlic actually yeah okay so yeah uh garlic is one crop you know a lot of bulb crops are good to plant in the fall time uh garlic usually people say you know mid-october but i've been finding like first week in november 
that's is like a real mm-hmm. a real nice like spot because uh, especially if we get some warmer weather and you plant it early you can get you know the the leaves that start coming up out of the ground yeah. which usually they'll do okay if they come up and get a frost but you know you really want that that all those leaves to stay in the ground and you want mm-hmm. more root growth um you know the bulb doesn't really need to be putting out the energy to make leaves when it's it's mm-hmm. just going to stop growing yeah early november is definitely the sweet spot because your ground isn't going to be frozen um i've successfully done them as late as planting them uh, november 23rd but that was circumstantial um given you know given our preference we'll put them in the first week in november yeah i mean it, here we don't really have to worry too much about the <laughs> ground freezing it's usually we get a snow first um but yeah i mean but november's november's good <laughs> first week in november and then there's also um scallions too which is another even even with seed like onions we're talking or uh garlic um, we're talking about like planting bulbs or cloves um, scallion. It's good to put down seed. Now you can even succession plant that until like, you know, mid, mid August or so, because even if they're smaller, you know, you could still just chop the greens off or whatever and use mm-hmm. them, but those will be good for the spring too. And you just want to pull them before they start putting out flower stalks because they usually kind of get woody in the center. Yep. Um, but that's also a good crop to, uh, to plant for, for, in the, for next spring. And then uh, the other one that I do is shallots. Uh, I do those same time I do garlic. Uh, they, I tend to harvest them a little bit later. The nice thing about shallots are they're a little bit easier, I think, for new gardeners because with garlic, there's always kind of a question of when it's ready, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it's usually about a three to four weeks after you cut the scape off. But shallots, like an onion, the leaves just kind of flop over. Yep. And, and kind of like, you know, they'll turn not, not brown, but you know, they'll kind of yellow and flop and then, you know, it's ready. So, yep. you know, you could see just from looking at your, you know, garden that, okay, it's time to harvest the shallots. Yep. Um, so. Yeah. And, and growing your own shallots and onions, really any of the alliums is just, once you do it, you, you want to do it forever. It's to me, it's just gold out of the garden with the storage factor and, and the different uses in the kitchen, just probably my favorite crops to grow. Yeah. Same here. I really like growing alliums. Uh, do you do shallots at all? Yep. Okay. I do. Um, actually I got some gifted to me at the beginning of this season and I put them in, I'm hoping I can run them until late November, December and get something even as a not overwintered. We'll see. Um, but I had room, a friend had them. So I planted them okay yeah uh what are there any and then for garlic too like what varieties do you prefer um i like let's see um i think music is a solid performer every year makes nice big cloves uh chesnock red same thing we did a chinese pink recently that was delicious uh, i grow mostly hard necks uh, i planted some soft necks a couple of years ago and they never showed up um, oh, that's weird. yeah I, and i know they like to grow in less harsh climates than than we have here um what else uh, uh there's a german extra hardy that's good but not great clove size um 
Yeah, actually, I really like the German Extra Hardy because they're not super huge, but I've noticed those as far as uh, storage are probably one of the better ones. They store for a really mm-hmm. long time, and they're they're pretty easy to grow. Or I have problems personally with the the Russian Red. Uh, those don't seem those. to yeah they don't seem to hold very long, um, and I don't know if that's something on my part or or if that's a varietal thing. Um, this year I did like like 16 rises of garlic to kind of see which ones are are the best for storage and all that. So I've been working on that. Uh, and Dugansky is a standout for me. Uh, I, I really like that variety. I'm definitely going to be growing out more of that next season. Do you feel like the storage could potentially be affected by heavy soaking rains proceeding when you harvest them? Um, Cause I, I haven't noticed so much weather as far as um, like pest and disease. So I don't know if you're aware, but there's like a, there's like a polyvirus in garlic now. That's like all pretty much all garlic. Um, New England, we didn't have it for a while, but it started showing up. I want to say like two years ago. So it's just, a, it's a bunch of different viruses, but it's just um, they're kind of transmitted the same way through like aphids and thrips. So, um, it just basically creates viral load in the garlic and because it's clonally propagated, um, you know, you, you start to see symptoms of it, which are mainly, uh, like a a yellow striping of the leaves. It looks a little bit different than the thrip damage. It's, it's kind of like, it's almost like the, it's the whole plant instead of kind of just on the, the outer leaves that are kind of hanging down. So you'll see even on the stem, you'll see it on the scape. Um, there's not really anything you can do about it, but they said it doesn't really affect the storage or it can't affect the storage. Um, but not usually, um, overall yield, like your overall yield will go down a little bit, but like the shelf life is definitely, um, reduced. And then I believe it's fusarium, which, um, if, if you have a problem with there's, there's a few different, I think there's a couple different fusarium strains in garlic. And those will also um, affect the the shelf life. Um, now I'm doing some storage trials because you know you'll you'll store a garlic and if it has like a fusarium or or some other type of fungal disease, it might not be apparent. You know by looking at the garlic, it might look healthy, but then within like two or three months, you'll kind of squeeze the bulb and it'll be like kind of almost like dry. You mm-hmm. know like like the, the clothes just kind of like collapse in on themselves. Mm-hmm. If you cut it open. Yeah. Yeah. So if you cut them open, like they're still usable, but like it just reduces the shelf life by, you know, a significant amount. So it's some things to, to be aware of. Um, but as far as problems with storage, those are the two things that I've noticed and that I've read about. Now, what do you do for soil prep for your garlic? Cause I, I do a big recharge for the garlic too, cause it's, it's going into pretty heavily worked soil. Yeah. So my, uh, generally what I'll do is, you know, whatever, take whatever cop out, if I'm going to tarp it, hoe it, whatever. And then I'll do, if I can, if I have some compost, which I, I like to use compost more than manure in the fall, uh, just cause if I'm dealing with any weed seeds, like they're easier to deal with in the spring to like hoe them out once or to tarp. But because I have limited time, I usually try to get like, uh, you know, a decent compost, uh, if not, then I'll do, um, like a pro start, which is like a two, three, three. So it's, it's a really like, 
you know, it's not a extremely nutrient dense fertilizer, but it's just a little mm-hmm. something, especially with garlic where, you, you know, it's not, it's only really putting out roots. Um, it doesn't need a ton of fertility. It's going to need more fertility in the spring. Mm-hmm. So you could always even top dress with manure or whatever compost in the springtime as well. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll plant or well, first I'll put down the compost or fertilizer and then I broad fork, you know, each bed. So yep. I get a nice fork in, I'm not turning the soil, but I'm putting in some aeration. It makes it easier to plant too, because the soil mm-hmm. is a little, little aerated. And yep. then, um, I'll go through and I'll plant, um, you know, individual clothes and I do three rows on a 30 inch bed, like six, six inches apart in the row. And then I mulch heavy with straw and I try not to mulch the paths. I kind of just let the straw like naturally kind of just go mm-hmm. into the path. Um, because in the springtime, what I'll usually do is run a hoe through the paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll hand weed in between, uh, the garlic as it's coming up, but I've been trying to manage my weeds better. So I haven't had it. I only had to do it a, a, like two or three times this year, but um, I haven't really found a good system at least a small scale to, to like hoe in between the garlic and not have it mulched. Cause I hate, yeah. I can't, I can't, especially with something like garlic where in the winter time, if we get some late rain or something, you don't want to wash your whole garlic bed away or get any erosion. No, so. no. Yeah. And, and plus just, yeah, I, I like airflow between everything. So like it, I try to plant in a way that I can always drag something through in between each row yeah. to keep it clean. Yeah. Usually a Cape Cod weeder. Okay. I've yeah, actually so- taught like three quarters of the gardeners here that the Cape Cod weeder is the most useful tool. Okay. Well, I guess what we can move on to is uh, some season extension. Cause I know you're, yep. You use some like row cover and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you'd probably be better to talk about this than I will. Cause I'm, I don't really, I mean, my season extensions a little bit more, um, more to scale and I don't really do any row covers or anything. So yeah. Why don't you give a little rundown of that? Yeah. In my little 20 by 20 plot, it's a lot easier to do on a, on a very small scale. So um, I get a lot of utility out of uh, heavy duty agricultural fabric Uh, row covers, whatever you want to call it. Um, It claims to protect down to 28 degrees. I've doubled and tripled up on it and survived lower than that. So, um, and like I mentioned earlier, I mean, you're not, you're not guaranteed a frost free September um, and certainly not a frost free October. So uh, I use that stuff heavily. Um, Not as much for the brassicas because they can deal with it and they, they, actually like a little bit of a frost but uh for my lettuce crops and my more tender crops um if i see a forecast that's tempting 32 or 30 i'm going to go out there and cover it up because uh, we're consistently under the forecasted lows here so i could expect anything down to 26 degrees when 32 is forecasted so i'll make use of just some hoops and some row cover put it out there throw some rocks or some two by fours over it um you know, in a lot of cases in the early fall, you'll get one frost and then you'll get several nights, if not weeks of temperatures, overnight temps in the high 30s and 40s. So you really just have to get through a few nights and you can get your gardening season well into November for 
some more tender leafy crops. And yeah, brassicas I don't usually bother with because those are fine. Uh, things yeah. like collards and, and uh, Brussels sprouts, no problem. Yeah, so I know like that that's how last year went where we had uh it was I th- I want to say it was the first week of October for me. We got a frost um and then it was like there was like no other yeah. lows under like 35 for like two mm-hmm. or three weeks. Um maybe it was even longer. But yeah, so, so if you could just, you know, get through a few days or maybe a week, you know, you could mm-hmm. get like another 2-3 weeks out of the season. So yeah, use those like metal hoops that you know you just stick into the ground and then yeah uh do you know what weight or thickness the um cover you're using is i've bought heavy duty you know i'm not sure what thickness it is um but i know it was the heavy duty protects down to 28 Um, okay yeah just a garden variety agricultural fabric that i got um very very effective and yeah, that's the mindset. If you can just get through a couple of nights, I harvested, I was harvesting, I grew the Adriana butterhead lettuce into November because I was able to get it through that period. And, okay. and it was delicious. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I've had, I've had Tulsi out in the garden into November because I've covered it up on really cold nights. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty frost sensitive yeah. too. So yeah. Well, but the variety, the Kapoor variety, the, and that's the same one that you have, is the hardiest of all of all of the different varieties of Tulsi. Okay. So that one's tolerant, where like uh, a Krishna or a Rama Tulsi, uh, low 40s will take it right out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but definitely. The Kapoor survives it. Yeah. Um, so I've also done in the past um, <clears throat> plastic, where you could either mm-hmm. do, um, I take what I've done do now for, I don't use it for a seasoning extension, but I take a 10 foot EMT. That's like a, I think it's a, it's half inch. I believe make a jig out of a piece of plywood, a bunch of screws, basically, you know, bend it into a, you know, half circle arch, stick that into the ground. And then I'm putting um, insect netting over it because I want to mm-hmm. exclude, um, you know, pollinators from cross pollinating my peppers or stuff like mm-hmm. that. But you could also use that same method and put, like you were saying, the, uh, you know, row cover fabric over, or even plastic, which I've done, you know, some plastic culture like that, where you could just have like a, a fall garden, you plant, um, with, with certain crops, you know, greens, um, you can even have your brassicas in there too. If you're just doing the, the, uh, arches over like a, you know, a pretty big area. Cause they usually, mm-hmm. when you make that bend, um, it's usually like somewhere between four and five feet wide. So it's a pretty wide area. Uh, and then you could bake, basically make those as long as you want. I, you know, maybe do like six to 10 in a row, put a piece of rebar on each side and then make yourself a little purlin going from the rebar up, you know, looped around the top of the, the arches to kind of keep them from moving back and forth and then put some simple plastic over that, um, some greenhouse plastic or something. And, uh, that's, that's a good method to do spinach for a pretty long season Mm -hmm. because as long as you can keep the snow off um at some point the spinach is going to stop growing but you can still harvest the leaves so Mm -hmm. you know you get a sunny day or something you you shake off that that plastic you get a little bit of snow off and you know spinach underneath if it's if it's above freezing you know you you'll be able to harvest it and it'll Mm -hmm. be you know nice and green that's it's effective storage and you mentioned insect netting um for fall crops of brassicas, 
insect netting is definitely your friend. Um, last year, it was fairly brutal with cabbage loopers here and army worms. Um, I had a lot of pest pressure on cabbage, on broccoli, on cauliflower. So uh, process improvement this year is I'm going to cover those things up because I, I want a nice clean head. You know? Yeah, so that's, a, that's actually a good point because because we had that frost, I got a little lazy with my IPM and I noticed, mm -hmm. yeah, like I went to go har harvest some broccoli, you know, uh, like two or three weeks later and there was some, some loopers in the head. It, it, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, but you know, if I had covered it or I, I, I use BT a lot mm -hmm. of the time, if I had just kept up on my, you know, applications, it would have been fine. But because mm -hmm. I was getting lazy cause it was a frost and I was like, ah, we're done. Mm -hmm. Even though we weren't really done, uh, yeah, got, got yeah, more well, loopers than I counted on. But they were exceptionally bad. I mean, they're they're not last year. They're not as bad as they were last year at that part no. of the year. No, um, I had to throw away whole heads of cabbage because they just were completely trashed on the inside. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed the loopers been hasn't been too bad this year so far. Uh, we're still pretty early into the looper season. Um, but cucumber beetle um, has been pretty pretty bad too. Okay really bad early in the season um yeah. they they really trashed my um my ground cherries um but what i'm seeing less of are the blister beetles you know the striped ones and then the larger orange ones with the black spots that usually just nuke all the squash plants in the garden here okay uh, are, are not as bad this year for some reason which is good yeah I'd, i had a ton of potato beetle this year um i normally don't have any at all but I, I just got like hammered with potatoes. So I was out there, like I crushed them. I went through crushed them a couple times and then I did a, um, I did a pyrethrum oil, uh, spray with a Ruby, uh, you know, yeah. Buruvia Bastiana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it, get rid of them. It, the pyrethrin is the only effective thing for the hard shells. Um, yeah. Safer soap can claim what it wants. It's, it's not going to do anything against hard shell pests and beetles at all. Erythrin is the only thing that can get them. Yeah. Usually I don't spray it. Um, the only time I'll, I'll, I'll use it for other seed crops that I'm not going to eat. Um, but it was on the leaves and I was like, I need a, like I said, I'd, I'd been crushing them, you know, a couple of times. So I was like, I'm just going to go through once. And um, I put some seeds in there too. So I had a little bit of, like I said, there was a Rubia bassiana. So there was some, some beneficial microbes in there too. Uh, it seemed that seemed to help. And then after that, they were still kind of bad, but the population wasn't wasn't as big. And I'm going to be harvesting that stuff in like a month, so they they're kind of they're kind of done for the season now. And you know, whatever damage is there, it's it, they'll you know they'll still be tubers, so I'm not too yep. worried about it. No, every season has its own pests. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's another great thing about bar fall gardening is the, the pests do generally start to drop off. And if you're mm -hmm. starting things later and if you're covering them, um, you're less likely to have to have issues. So a lot of times mm -hmm. you'll have like, you know, my best heads of lettuce, I notice, are usually in the fall. Um, Same. Yeah. You know, there's less there's less slugs out in the fall. There's, you know, even though the temperatures are cooler, um, generally I get less rot. Um mm -hmm. So, so yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't think because of the cold temperatures, you get less rot, but obviously heat speeds up growth of bacteria and fungus. So usually my yep. lettuce and greens like that are looking better in the fall. Well, and you can keep your garden drier and cleaner. 
you know, because the weeds aren't growing as fast as you can pull them at that point. Um, you can let it dry back for a few days without worrying about it getting just completely sizzled in the sun. Um, you know, it's, it just, you can, you can really, in a lot of years when the summer was kind of a wash, uh, the fall season really redeemed the whole year. Uh, it certainly did last year um, with a lot of drought and I had a lot of sun scald on my potato, on my tomatoes. Um, it just, it was, it was a rugged summer and I ended up having a really good fall crop because I needed something to show for the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else you want to cover or any other crops? I might throw out some stuff that people don't normally think about growing, but if you want to do it, okay. So I had written down and I forgot to mention it, but stem crops, which I think a lot of people don't, uh, take into consideration. So what I'm talking about is like kohlrabis, uh, bulbing fennels and then a lot of perennial stuff, like, uh, even like rhubarb, which, you know, and celery and, uh, well, celery is not perennial, but you know, stuff, stuff like that, where the fall is, is a great time to plant those annuals. They'll also do well then. And then, you know, go back to your kind of perennial crops. Um, like I said, with like rhubarb, uh, sun chokes, that stuff is really good to mm-hmm. harvest in the fall. And also if you're going to be planting perennial edibles, uh, herbs, or, you know, like I said before, rhubarb or, or garlic chives or something like that. Fall is also a great time to, to plant those, those plants. And then, um, uh, I guess I can mention like fruit trees and berry bushes, uh, also a great time to plant those as well as the fall. So fall is a good time to like, if you're not putting in some annual crops, it's a good time to, you know, kind of recharge your garden, cover crop, and then put in those perennial crops for the next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, the main message is that your, your season definitely doesn't have to end in September. Um, you can really squeeze a few more months of great gardening out of even, even up here in New England. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know there's a lot of farms too that like that's their thing is uh you know season extension that's like how one one a reason L.A. Coleman got really well known was he was you know harvesting all these vegetables for a CSA you know in Maine you know later in the fall so I have two questions that I ask at the end they're kind of a shorter questions but okay. the first one is what's your favorite tool or piece of equipment in the garden Cape Cod weeder okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Cape Cod weeder. All right. Um, and then the second one is, uh, what's a word of wisdom or advice? Give your plants room. Uh, follow the directions on plant spacing. If it says to give it three feet in between plants, give it three or four feet in between plants. Your plants want to breathe. Um, I run the community garden, so there's people of varying skill levels. And what I see a lot of is new gardeners coming in, getting excited about having a 10 by 20 plot and filling it with a half an acre's worth of, of starter plants, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I let people have their own journey. The garden is their journey, but it's just sad to see somebody stuffing it that full, knowing that it's going to be an unmanageable mess in like three weeks. So I guess what I want to say is that you will get more yield and more fruit by properly spacing your plants than trying to cram them in. 
that's that's my message yeah the airflow is very important yes and if you're going to fall garden even if you plant things you know pretty far apart and they they kind of they don't grow all the way in you could always stick in you know other plants later in the season so mm-hmm. yeah but there's a lot of value in giving them the breathing room and giving yep. them the elbow room all right todd well it was good talking with you outstanding thank you so much for having me Corey. appreciate it i appreciate yeah. you and uh, i'm looking forward to growing out some of your brass business fall great um well before we go do you want to drop any plugs or where people can find you um oh yeah uh i am beacon falls community garden on instagram um you can kind of follow progress of the individual plots on our stories and, and other fun stuff so yeah beacon falls community garden on instagram well that's it for this episode i'd like to thank todd for coming on as always you can find me on instagram at focus seeds or check out my website focusseeds.com focus is spelled p-h-o-c-a-s happy growing Peace.